Hi, it's Sid. Welcome to my Artist Talk series, where I host contemporary photographers, bookmakers, and filmmakers to be in conversation on creative practice. I also speak with curators, publishers, and people who run arts organizations, all those who support and amplify visual culture. We focus on ideas, challenges, and resources. Thank you for joining us. Let's get started. Welcome. I am so excited to have another artist talk, and this one has a real special spin. I brought two people together, two artists that I discovered had a collaboration, and I was really excited to be able to bring them together and let us unpack it, because collaboration is so important. So I'm going to introduce you to Nancy Grace Horton who's a photo-based artist who I happen to know already, and Scott Mullenberg, who's a hand bookbinder and a designer. So I love the synergy of collaboration. I really believe that two heads are better than one, that ideas expand, that we have this ability to riff off each other and especially around different expertise. So um, we are in the home studio of Nancy Grace Horton, and it was comical. I visited Scott in his studio, which is in Portland, Maine. And Nancy's is in um, Portsmouth, New Hampshire. So I'm on the road. And what happened is in getting to know what Scott works on, I discovered a new project that Nancy's working on. So I was thrilled. And that's what we're going to unpack. So do you have a name for this project? Yes, this is Mad Women. And well, first of all, thank you so much for coming here and bringing Scott and I together again because we did have so much fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, collaborations are fun. Collaborations are everything. Ah, uh, so. yeah, yeah. So this project is called Mad Women. Mm -hmm. And it's a, a narrative about the housewife uh, trapped at home. Mm -hmm. And all my work is collaborative. I often work with models. And this story is really about uh, prompting those conversations about, well, now it becomes even more relevant, Roe versus Wade turning over, and just how women are put in these subordinate positions and stereotypes. Mm -hmm. So you would say, and I am familiar with your work, that one of the impetuses and what drives your work is challenging women's roles. And I think you do it with a lot of wit. Um, I am familiar with images that stay in my mind that you have made, um, standing on your stove, et cetera. Um, so that type of uh, almost animating the inherent contradictions. Uh, I, I remember another image of yours with the irony board right? Yeah. Um, you just push stereotypes till we see how semi-ridiculous, even though they're still here and yeah. influence us that they are. And I want people to question what they think is what you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And there are alternatives. 
Mm -hmm. And that um, with, with this, I'm playing off, so, you know, I'm calling it Mad Women because I feel like it's a story about any and all of us having a choice of lifestyle and um, the freedom. And sometimes the smallest thing can just spark conversation or a new way of thinking. Mm -hmm. And in the trajectory of your, you, you've been exhibiting, you have gallery representation, what made you want to make this particular object? Well, I love, I've always loved photography and making pictures. It's often that you're uh, going to frame it and hang it on the wall. And I feel like photography can be so many different things. I'm always interested in exploring what those possibilities are. I have background in, for journalism. So the story is always something that I'm enjoying telling some, whether this is a fictitious story. Mm -hmm. But it's it's a way to have the, the pieces come together as a whole. Mm -hmm. Was it um, the, I mean, have you done books before? No, no. And I felt like I wanted to do something that was more than a book. I wanted to do something that was a sculpture. Mm -hmm. I wanted to think of it as an object that could be, handled as a book, turning the pages, or it could be then displayed in a way that you could interact it as a whole and take in all the pictures at once and not have to turn the page. And then, then it could be um, closed off and packed up. Mm -hmm. So it's really funny because you found the absolute perfect collaborator. <laughs> oh my gosh. So how did Goof, so, uh, you know, through word of mouth, I think I first became acquainted Right. When when you were in Biddeford. Right, right. And that, wow. what did you do with this giant box? And then I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, this it's cool. Quite an undertaking to do these bigger things. And I was exploring, starting to explore how can I work with someone in this way? I really, you know, want to make something happen. And then time went by and then I was coming back to trying to work on this because there's many parts of this um, from selecting the pictures, printing the pictures. And then I really want, I, I like working with fabric, putting a lot of pictures on fabric. So I wanted that element to come out. The and tactile. And, and that, you know, that this is actually a picture. It's not just a fabric cover. It's actually a photograph. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is, um, so you're talking about finding each other word of mouth. Um, but what I think is so interesting is your knowing what I know of you, Scott, um, you came to book making and book binding um, really aware of books as sculptural objects. Like, isn't that what I'd say is your impetus in how you make books? That it's something lasting, it's something. <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's all about, for me, it's all about presentation now and creating housing that can hold whatever body of work. Like in Nancy's case, it's, it's, it's this artistic vision of a project, Mad Women. <clears throat> and, and the beauty of collaboration is that when Nancy called me, then that began, that began the conversation. I think you ended up, we decided to come to the, to my studio. Yeah. <clears throat> so we could, look at all the components of the project mm. 
I can hear from Nancy what her vision is or was around the project. And then the challenge for me then, and what she was leaning on me was with, with my skill base, can we put this together in a way that satisfies Nancy mm-hmm. and that I could construct it in a way that, that, that meets your expectations? And, and yeah, I, I remember that first time that you came up and was that it was on a Thursday. We decided to spend a few hours together um, just so we could dance around the idea. Mm. And, and that was the beginning of it. And then we, we you know, we, you started coming up for the next few weeks, like every Thursday. Yeah. Once we determined the structure, in this case, is an accordion book. Mm-hmm. Um, and how wide is it when we open it up? Is it not? Like 14 feet? What's all the, what you stretch the pages out? Right. And so we could have it pulled all the way out. Right. Have it um, smaller. It could go in a circle. Right. And so um, people had recommended Scott to me many times. And so finally we connected. I, I go into the space. And so it's like such a wonderful experience to, to be able to have everything in there about what you made here. <laughs> right. This is the subject with mm-hmm. all the tools and your expertise to be able to guide us and try different things before we committed to to something that we had the opportunity yeah. to explore. Right. And to answer construction questions, like how do we get from point A to point B, then point B to point C? How does it function? Um, how do we adhere the images to the substrate pages? Um, yeah, all those. And the, the fabrics. Yeah, well, you're starting to talk about choices, and I want to start with the first one. Did you originally go in with that concept of an accordion book, Nancy, or is that something where you were going through this, I want something sculptural and something interactive and that shows off? fabric but is a photograph and then Scott it was your idea I mean not like I'm saying like who won this idea but that's a main piece that you built everything else around I think you came in Nancy with the idea of the accordion structure yeah. that that appealed to you and I got a little jammed up because accordions <laughs> are a little hard to do to make when you're when you're creating these folds and everything so everything to line up it has to be super perfect right yeah and and when it's not, then that irritates me. And we, I think we did pretty, pretty well. Yes. And then um, too, um, for, for me, it, I wanted you to be happy too, <laughs> because yeah, we're doing that's really hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little perfectionistic. Yeah. So that's a perfect person to work with. It was measuring things with perfectionists. Mm-hmm. And so it, it felt right when. We're both like, okay, yes, we like this. It looks good. We're both can be confident in this. That really felt like we're really, that's what, when everything's hitting on the right cylinders. Yeah. Right. And so I, I, I am lucky enough to see the object and we will share links for you to also see the object. Um, but it, were, were you thinking of it housed in a portfolio box like this from the start or did that? That came later. That came later. I mean, yeah. that, that could have been, might have been my suggestion. I'm not sure. Like, this needs a, yeah. this needs a house. It needs we, a protective yeah. structure, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And we knew that. And then, you know, we thought about, like, other things, and that wasn't quite right. right. And then 
you really felt like, okay, this needs to be in a box. And then that's when we got to this. Well, I mean, it's absolutely beautiful. But what's funny is when I was in Scott's studio and um, we, I actually got to see Nancy Grace Horton's, um, what do you call those things that you have to get made? Um, the magnesium dye? Yes. But and also you saw the debossing sample. Yes. And you but, said, I know some of these. Photographers, photographers. photographers, a sample sheet. And I'm looking at all these names and I'm like, I know some of these people. And that's how, and, and it wasn't even that I said who I knew. Right. It was really at the end of all this talking that Scott said, I have a really cool book I'm really jammed about. And I'm like, wait a minute, that's Nancy's. <laughs> and, and it was so funny because I like grabbed it. And then I love so many aspects of it. And this is the kind of choice making that I get all excited about. Because I'm really into people layering their concept. So that's why I, I backed it up to say, you know, what was the impetus for this? Because as you hone in on what it is you're actually trying to say with your object, then you're going to make these creative choices that either support it or dilute it, right? And so I'm excited. You talked about this big book a million years ago. It didn't happen. I'm looking at a what, 10, 12 by 12? What's that? Song? It's about 10 by 10. Jumper 10. So I am a cute girl. I love squares. And the fact that you did this and had this contact sheet cover, like that kind of conceptual, like already right there, you're echoing something. So how did that come up? Like that just cracked me up. Like I didn't even have to open the book, which I loved and was excited because I actually also love accordion books is that you did this and thought about that. What happened? How did that come about? Being someone who shot media formats still for so long, and, and now things are changing, and I, I'm not shooting so much film anymore. I really want to hearken back to the fact mm -hmm. that this is a film project, mm -hmm. that this is a contact sheet. These black lines and numbers, this is so much about where I come from as mm -hmm. a photographer and what I love about it. And I think it just emphasizes that this is photography. Well, you know, it's really cool too. I, at least for me, is I jumped to another analogy, yeah. which is I think you're talking about women's roles. And if you look at something like a contact sheet, that puts me in that mindset of the 50s and 60s. It puts me into that time frame when magazines were the de rigor way to communicate. Um, it's when you've got fashion photography really blossoming in this way. And, and it's really fun. I, uh, if you've ever seen an Avedon show or someone else, you will often see the contact sheets and the wax pencil to say, this is the one we want. And that whole process that uh, digital natives are like, what are you talking about? Wax pencil. Right. So that harkens to not only your history, but the history of the topic you're trying to talk about. Right. So those are the kind of things that I love the reverberation and and it's this riffing back and forth between the aesthetic and underscoring what you're trying to talk about conceptually and then why collaborations work with other artists that are experts is what's possible. Right. Like you don't know, like you, I know that Scott had all these fabrics for you to pick from, right. That these are all the finding fabrics and are so beautiful. So how did you come up 
This is really interesting. You were telling me you use your home to photograph. Yes. So you have a wall that is hard. Yeah. And you decided that's going to be your backdrop. Right. And this particular scene, I wanted to um, work with my model here. This is another collaboration. Mm-hmm. a Little. And I wanted her to be talking to the man. <laughs> not actually there but they were pretending and so she just sort of moved through these different things like click 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 almost like gestures of body language yeah it's like we're having a conversation this happened that happened and then you know you get your contact sheet and pick one right where then i thought this is really a piece of its own the contact sheet is a picture of its in its own eyes to have all those squares you know the nine or twelve or yeah, on the cover, because it's, it's an introduction, it's an enticement, what's a seduction into the, the inside content, because it is a book. Yeah. I mean, and I, that was really smart of you to, and there again, that's a collaboration, because you collaborated with a, 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 a company that took your image and translated it to fabric. Mm, you'll have to give us that resource. Yeah, absolutely. Um, not only that, these are all the creative choices that maybe not everybody gets as excited about as I do, but the idea that you didn't put you, frankly, anywhere. So when you talk about, about this being a seduction, I think about it as intriguing, right? Like, I don't know what to expect. I don't know what this is about. I don't have mad women in my mind. I don't have anything other than like, who are you and what are you trying to say? And some of the um, references, it looks like both a vintage, like a mid-century modern chair, as well as a vintage dress, right? So you're layering, again, those choices. Did you riff on the idea of the very successful series of Mad Men? And I love Mad Men, that show, and just the time period, the clothing. I'm so drawn to the good palette, the bad palette. And just the, t- the term Mad Man, I just, it just seemed to work off of the, you know, that was Madison Avenue. This is a mad woman, you know, like mad. We're all mad, right? All of us. Everyone's acting great woman at the moment. <laughs> and playing off the white picket fence. Just, uh, I like working with gender objects mm-hmm. as a way of putting in the narrative and stereotype. Yeah. Well, it's really interesting. Do you work with a makeup artist? I don't. Because mm-hmm. I'm just thinking about her hair is obviously um, something you thought about and the lipstick. Speaking of gender objects and that gate friend. And then you took um and printed the the edit and um the images that you wanted, but you, Scott, had to deal with how do I how do I keep the integrity of her image and use this paper? So how did you go about figuring that? Well, I mean that was a conversation too, when it comes to like adhering images onto a, a paper substrate. This is a really nice paper. I can't remember what was it Somerset or? No, it's not Somerset. What did look at? Yeah. Is it Hannah Miller? No. You're no, Hannah no. Miller. But anyway. Well, it was a we really wanted something heavy. Yeah, at least it was at least 250 grams. Yes. Um, almost like a Stonehenge. But it wasn't stone. But anyway, so the, the question was, how do we like mount the images where we'll cockle the paper? Some all those technical decisions to we... Uh, you know, found a film, an adhesive film that I could apply to the back of the photograph 
that wouldn't create any coupling um, of the paper. So that, that we're talking about. And then we had to work through a few technical things too, with some of the adhesive coming to the edge. And I had to mess with that. So right. the pages wouldn't stick. But I mean, that was really a, the perfect decision, I think. Yes. And that was one of those technical things where you, once we determined that there were a few choices and we tried a few of them, then it was clear that this particular method was the best. Yeah, that's the way it had to go. How many images are there? There are a dozen images. Mm -hmm. And there are, it's a limited edition of six UAP. So what's really interesting, because I'm looking at this and thinking of a million things at the same time, which is the idea of how you storyboarded your idea so that I see things like we're in the bathroom, she's having a cigarette, um, verboten, right? And this idea of like, you're really giving us, um, your pictures impart a real sensuality and sensibility. Um, you can look at them and, and have all these other sense experiences. Like, like I look at this one of the bedroom and it's the curtain and it's like, you could reference hearing a breeze or what it's like when no one's talking and you're getting out of bed and like, it's just so sensual. Um, I also love that. I think you really do a great job of taking us out of the frame. Like your piece is very grounded, but sometimes there's a lot of the person missing, right? But you still like, there's a vortex to it. You bring us in. So I'm thinking, taking apart your creative practice, that you're like, are you being driven by like, okay, we can have you at the kitchen safe, we can have you at the bathroom, we can have you at the bedroom. Like, do you think about that? Or do you just start riffing and then go back and edit? Like, I don't know which game first, right? Well, often it's the clothing. Mm -hmm. I was picking out some really cool outfit. This dress played a big role mm -hmm. in the story. Mm -hmm. And then thinking about the woman being at home, we just started working from room to room, thinking about, okay, of course it'd be in the kitchen. Of course it'd be in the bathroom. Of course it'd be in the bedroom. And then where are you going to wear each of these places? And then I would say, like you're saying, riffing. I like sort of thinking I'm going to work in this space. And then when I get with my camera, then it's very much more exploratory. And though I had the concepts in mind and the things that I wanted to do, it then becomes about what I'm seeing. Well, what's interesting is because I'm thinking, you know, you're working in tight spaces in some of these places, which is. Like I can picture how hard it is to make all three of these images that are in the bathroom. Like you have to fit all of you, the camera, et cetera. And um, so kudos for, for that. And then how do you, number one, edit? Like this is a very precious edit, frankly. So that's hard. I'm sure you took a lot more than 12 images. Yes, and that's where I... I have to really sit with my work for a while. Yeah, it's a lot of time to just explore, bring the pictures together, move them around, show them to people, get some responses, and let it sit. It really has to percolate, simmer. Yeah. No, that you know, I put them together and then, well, you know, sometimes you start, this one just doesn't need to be here. Yeah. It becomes a a process of elimination in a sense, and then it gets pared down to 
really being the confident ones that really atone the story here. Absolutely. I talk all the time about being in conversation with your work and you're really listening, right? And some are, are louder than others and your ability to let go, kudos for that. Cause I think that's the hardest thing, right? Yeah. Is, is letting go of images. But then what about the sequence? Cause there's blank spaces here that I think are really lovely. And that's also bold when you don't have that many spaces to work from the fact that you, you have more folds and and space that you didn't use every space. So kudos again. You gave like, I look at things like sequencing, like a um, uh, a score because you're orchestrating something or like dance and choreography. Um, you know, there's moments that you have to have like a breather, right? So how did that happen? Was that, did you weigh in on that? Nessa came in with a, a mock-up, just a Remember your paper yeah. mock-up that you probably did just in your studio on paper? Yeah, it was taped together. <laughs> I love that, actually, no, like on the way out of the book, right? Exactly. And, but you, yeah, you're working. And then I I had worked on this for quite a long time. I was going to ask about Okay, okay, so Dot Studio. I was going to ask about that gestation period. So this had been percolating for quite some time. Both the idea of the book as an object and then Mad Women as the subject. Well, no, the it's it was Mad Women right on the get go. Okay, well, and like you said, do you take so many pictures and which are the right ones? And I really need to stew on it, just, just let it ride. And then who's going to help me do this? How am I going to find the person? And then you're doing other things, or time goes by, and if that gives the, the whole project time to rest, and you. I, I need that time to come back and be fresh, and then I can be more confident. So by the time I came to you, I had some solid ideas, and, and that gave me the opportunity to say, what do you think? Is this working? So do you think you had more? It sounds like that was a longer, your, your no. mock-up was more than 12. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. And at that point, then I had narr narrowed it down pretty much to this. Yeah. But, kept it yeah. When you, it, to me, with the mock-up, I mean, that was, I think the edit was, was, was done. Like, as far as, I mean, the mock-up was, the pages are maybe like three inches or four inches. Yeah, but just little. There were probably right? 17 pictures in that. Okay. Oh, so it was always uh, I just, limited. Kept, like, yeah, okay, yeah. this one could go because... You know, a picture as it and something weighing it down just dilutes something. So eliminating it can elevate it all. So as try to find that because I normally work with a picture. So see, I was trying to be really deliberate about it. And and so the thing about us together, we could I could say, well, what do you think of this? And you would be honest and say, Well, you know, maybe, maybe not. Like you weren't sure about the authority. I like the idea. Right. You you felt like we have to be sure that it's going to hold up. Right. And so we tried different things and then, okay, we can go this way. We thought that we could work. The thing about it, I think with you, Nancy, um, is, it, it, is you, you, came, you came to my studio with a vision intact. With the with the idea to help help you actualize this vision and work through all, I feel like I'm repeating myself before, but but working through all the technical issues of the building process to make it clean, 
to make it red, to make it flow. Um, and so I think that was my job. I mean, your, your vision, you had created the storyline, right? Yeah. And done all the editing prior to that. And when you came to visit me the first time, you brought all the tools you had already, you had, I think eight, eight to 10 prints of each image. Yeah. You know, with the idea that potentially I would like to do like eight, eight or 10 books. Um, so. And then yeah. this, this space, I'm so impressed because that's a lovely thing to factor in. So you obviously you pulled out five and you gave some space. Like, did you talk about that or did you think about that? That was, that was your, that's your decision. Since I spent so much time with it, (laughs) I really had come to the point where uh, this is the way I want. I've decided on these pictures. I want this for the cover. I want someone to work with who's an expert in this process because I want it to be done the right way. And so we just fell gracefully together. And then we, anytime anything came up, we could like, are we sure this is going to work? We don't want to use this kind of blue if it's this one's better. Right. Or does, does this space work? I have an idea that this is a good spot for a breather. What do you think? We could just go back and forth. Mm-hmm. And it's always nice to work with someone who's honest because it just feels better for both of you at the end. Yeah. Right, right. And then I was thinking about how I had seen... Uh, a really beautiful small accordion displayed in Paris photo that was like in a star formation. And it was so beautiful because it was on a pedestal and it really was sculptural, right? You got to engage and walk around and it was so beautiful from above. And, and there was a lot of engagement and conversation with people. Did you think about this as a, um, a culmination of your own work? Or did you think about it as an educational tool? Did you have um, hopes for it? I, I like your you describing that circle too. And mm-hmm. I envision that even as a circle because I think the story is just one that repeats itself. So I could imagine it as a circle. Mm-hmm. I love having shows in places that are you know, at a university. Mm-hmm. So it is educational mm-hmm. in the sense of here's an opportunity to talk about what, what uh, happens to a woman and what kind of experiences you have that don't feel equal? Mm-hmm. What, you know, do you want to dye your hair or do you need to look <laughs> a certain way or act mm-hmm. a certain way? I, I like it as just a beautiful object because I think the pictures and the, the way it all came out, it's very nice. But I also think it's, I, I am a conceptual artist. I, I want to talk about different things that happen for women and different topics that um, are important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like photography and exploring all the different ways I can use it. Mm-hmm. So this gives me an opportunity to show beautiful prints and then start putting my work on fabric and mm-hmm. using it in a different way. Well, I do love um, this is so beautiful and when people get a chance to uh, to see this idea of the picket fence, you had dance, again identified a stereotype to rip off of, but then the fabric on her dress is really similar. So I'm not sure if you were thinking about that, but I'm also thinking about like everything about this is almost riffing on domesticity, but the idea too of women being out of the house because you you 
you know, the back flap, this is another photograph on the back on fabric and it's just light in a house, which is so beautiful, but it's also, um, a little eerie in the sense that it's it's talking about on some level a bit of captivity if you're thinking of some of the other roles that people get locked into um but then i also appreciate that you have the model looking out um you know and then and and you have it both from the perspective of us as viewers being right along with her understanding her viewpoint and then being outside and seeing what that's like so I think it's really interesting because I think that the synergy of um, women's roles and the idea of where we are, like when it's like, you know, women's places in the Supreme Court and, you know, like we're challenging all these things that um, you're kind of circling around, right? Circling around, like how far have we come? Um, Last thing I want to do on this particular project is I love font. And I'm thinking that that must be something you get to kick out of, Scott, because of your work. So how did you guys come up with that? Um, that was, again, that's the beauty of when Nancy came to me. Nancy had this dialed in. She knew the font. She, she, had, she had done all the, the format the work, work, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so no, that's, that's all her, you know, her choice. Um, you so, know what drew, drew you to that? Oh, yes. It's okay. just so, um, it, it's kind of art deco, mm-hmm. but it's also, it feels like it's playing off that 50s time period. Mm-hmm. And when I saw it, I just knew that's what I wanted. Yeah. Under flying. I wanted to ask us, I want to, um, Scott asked you to talk about how you work with photographers because you've got different clients, but you're a, a portfolio maker and you house images for people. Right. Even if it's not in a book format, right? <clears throat> right. Either, you know, either in a book form yeah. and it's, you know, I work a lot with commercial photographers around the country and in Canada and, and points beyond, um, and building book structures, scrupulous structures that, that, uh, photographer will house their prints and then show their work again, this like collaborative, um, process and again, helping to actualize their vision. Um, and then sometimes it's not in book format, but if you're working with like a fine, uh, a fine art photographer or a fine artist, um, that wants to house a body of work, let's say in a clamshell box and, and they have all the materials reflect their work. So a lot of the, the client base I work with don't choose a lot of the materials. I'll, I'll, I'll give them an array of materials to choose from. Or if that doesn't work, we'll keep looking. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's that collaboration with this kind of project, working with with, with an, an art, uh, an artist like Nancy, and creating this object, which is an object also, and it's a sculptural piece. It can be a book, and then it can be a sculpture. Mm-hmm. And we used to talk about that when you would come to the studio. Like all the options of how you could present this in the gallery, like, like you were talking about earlier, said like, you know, creating a star, mm-hmm. um, easily done if you have the service to do that. And you could also extend it along the wall, mm-hmm. this really elongated piece and, or you could keep it in book format and just turn the pages because it functions like that too. So, yeah. okay. I'm having a really wacky idea. And this is a problem because like one idea leads to another and I 
too many of them, but when you just described that about what to do with this, um, I had the image of a gallery space with more than life-size prints on fabric or on even like another substrate and you walk between them like an installation of this. So take this and put it in Alice in Wonderland (laughs) and have it be 10 foot by 10 foot and we walk between it. Hello. Yeah, that would be fun. <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah. yeah. You know, those are the things where well, when you take an idea and just roll it around, right? And see what's possible. Yeah. It's so fun. You mentioned an artist you worked with that does something special. You you made an image of his onto a puzzle. I didn't do that. You know, I'm working with a a fine art photographer, Peter Ralston, up in Rockport. Mm-hmm. And he's collaborating with a puzzle maker, Jay Hollis in Wells, Maine. Mm-hmm. And they both came together, and Peter got really stoked about taking one of his images mm-hmm. and translating it to a puzzle, <laughs> and which is amazing. Mm-hmm. And Jay, who makes the puzzles, is an incredible man. Um, they're wooden puzzles. And then they came to me to make boxes mm. to house the pieces. And usually there are 500 piece puzzles. Wow. And then Peter collaborated with Jamie Wyeth to see if he could use a Raven image for the debossing and all the puzzles. So <clears throat> there again, you know, it's just, it's this wonderful collaborative, you know, and I'm in this great position because of the work that I do. Cause I'm not a fine artist, but to, to work with people to help again, actualize, you know, their vision and that I just find that really exciting. And plus I get them create work that will outlast me. Exactly. Right? Last. Yep. I, I have children. So these are my children. <laughs> <laughs> well, they are, they're your yeah. creations for sure. Yeah. And I, I know one of the other artists I spoke with recently. Um, Jason Langer described that he, he, his book, he said, my kids are not going to go for my hard drives, mm-hmm. but this is going to be passed on. Right. Yeah. The longevity. Of right. It. And then I wanted to ask Nancy, cause you've got, um, things that I think are going on and a trajectory in your career that you could articulate some of those turning points, right. And you're, you're, you know, that you, that you just stated on this project and let all the pieces really deserve a place in it is is really amazing. And I think comes from everything else you've built along the way. Uh, a lot of your work is reverberating, riffing on a theme, but going off it. And I just think that that kind of echoing really strengthens how we understand how you see, mm-hmm. right? So, um, one of the things I was going to ask you is just give us some background on how you made some of those turns in your own work. Like, um, I think that exhibiting is really a key thing for people that they really want to do, but how do you get your work into the larger conversation of art and visual culture? Well, I, uh, I work with Jessica Hagen, fine art and design and report. Ginger, she represents me, and 
that's a wonderful collaboration as well. Her, uh, she has regular shows that highlight my work and other artists in the gallery. Mm-hmm. And to be able to work with someone who has collectors that are interested in this type of work, that is one wonderful way mm-hmm. of getting my work out there. I just did this magazine that I've used uh, for promotion. I received a grant from the state of New Hampshire, and I wanted to put all these different projects that have a similarity mm-hmm. into one kind of body of work. Mm-hmm. So I use that to introduce myself to people. So it's like a marketing tool and, and something that helps you further people who could potentially be collectors or other, I mean, people are often um, represented by different galleries in different parts of the world um, or for juried exhibitions. I'm not sure. Um, when you, when you made this magazine, did you, I'm backing, <laughs> backing everything up, but did you try to get a grant because you had this idea or do you grant rights so that you can keep funding whatever projects come and this happened to be the next idea? This was an idea that I, I thought just, I, I wanted to create something that housed all these different projects and something that was tactile. Like sometimes I'm like sending people to my website and yeah. you know, you're not seeing the work in the same way. I mean, you have, I like to save things. So something like this, I might hang around, put it on my bookshelf. Maybe I meet someone and today's not the right day to have an exhibition, but it's a year down the line, they remember, oh, and they can look back through. So kind of a leave your right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm, I want to say cheeky, but honestly, <laughs> you are very, um, uh, I just love, there's a wit, there's such an intelligence to it. A friskiness. Frisky, I like that. It's very, it is bold and it is funny. Like, I mean, I remember because I exhibited yeah. pieces in the DSI Griffin Gallery and and they stay in my mind. I mean, that was probably, what, 10 years ago. And, and this image, and I had to laugh because it was this image, like, like oh, that burns into your mind. Like, like I've seen a lot of images in the last 10 years and I still really recall these, right? Like they're right there. And this one too. Um, what do you call this? That's independence. Independence. That was, that's amazing. Yeah. These are signature you. And what's really fun about this is the reverberation of these projects on each other. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and I think that that's what this... What you're saying too is how one thing leads to another. Mm-hmm. I'm working on one idea and then I start thinking about something else and I have to keep track of my ideas because I know I want to go back and think about this a little bit more and maybe I don't know how I want to present it. Mm-hmm. Because I am interested in exploring the different ways of presenting things. Like doing cyan types and working fabric. Or mm-hmm. I, I was mentioning before, I just did this project on becoming gray mm-hmm. and I had a residency where I was able to take advantage of a space that could record audio, use the stage as a, a studio. Mm. And so I just collected everything and I wasn't quite sure where I would go with it. Mm-hmm. And that was an idea that had been just in my mind for a long term and just came to the surface. 
and then COVID hit, but that created opportunity and more people exploring their hair. That was a big, big impact, right? Everyone was like, what do you mean? I can't go to my hairdresser. Yeah. just added to the conversation so much. And then now I've just created a, a short documentary film you know, mm-hmm. with the, the support and collaboration of several people that uh, came together in wrestling the show that oh. saw Rochelle. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's answering your earlier question, dear, yeah. about having shows and how you meet someone so one thing leads to another and it's other oh, all seeds for new and different things to happen because even just one show only so many people see it mm-hmm. parts of this went to uh denver to colorado photography center mm-hmm. and it was including a show other artists uh, doing work with hair yeah, which is actually that I can think of several that I know right now yeah. about so that. That was so wonderful to have it alongside mm-hmm. other people exploring similar but different names mm-hmm. of hair. Mm-hmm. And then I was able to uh, invite the audio to be included with the still images. So I got I have to back up because you mentioned being in a residency. So that's key often in the artist's trajectory, right? Having that kind of a space or time or infrastructure support shoots you, you know, out of all the things that tie you down. It untethers you. Um, I've had that opportunity and it's literally been career changing each time. So do you keep an ear to the ground to try to find residencies? Well, it's always trying to apply to different opportunities and having the ideas together and lots of writing and rocks that you know, so uh, generally be concise and uh, you know you're competing against lots of people this particular situation was during covid mm-hmm. and I, would, I had the becoming gray idea and thought how am i going to do this that i can do it and then having uh i Rias Art Space is a wonderful venue in Portsmouth. Mm-hmm. And I thought that I could use the outside space like one afternoon and invite people to come photograph them outside COVID. And I also figured that when I talked to the directors, she could give me some insight. Like, is this, it would be another collaboration. This is a good idea. Or, you know, try this other place. So she just, totally could see beyond where I was mm-hmm. at that moment. Mm-hmm. And she had a, a entertainment space that's dark. She couldn't have performances going on. And she invited me to spend a week <sighs> in a space that just allowed me to do the project. That is so interesting because it's such synergy that you couldn't plan for, but it's also noting her um ability to pivot right it's like i've got this space it's underutilized here's an artist that actually you know let's see what she does with it and is it because of the space that you brought in the sound yes that Faulkner at 3s art space in portsmouth Mm -hmm. um, invited me to be in the performance space she said you can use the whole space so then i thought all right i'm going to use everything in here (laughs) (laughs) absolutely that's awesome. And that it's a small, you know, it's a small, yeah. maybe three, four hundred 
seat space. So I made a little dressing room. I had an audio. So I want, I want the audio because come, I, I, I first started working in photography as a photojournalist. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I would go out and, you know, I would be with the CEO one minute and then the pink flower with the next minute and just having just beautiful conversations. So I'm making a picture, but how do I collect these stories? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I felt like I'm going to talk to all of these different women about their hair and they're going to say amazing things. So I don't I'm, I'm not a writer. I, I'm not, um, I didn't think I was a movie maker, but I, it ends. It's now. It ends up that we created a film. <laughs> I love that. Lovely. <laughs> That's the dynamicness I think of of being in the creative industry, yeah. right? And that I, you know, Beth had confidence that I would make use of this. Mm -hmm. Everyone there supported, and I setting me up with the sound and the light. I wanted to use the stage lighting. I didn't want some funky things to happen, not just everything to be so literal. But I mean, it is a whole move, right? You've got, I always think of surfing. It's like, you just got to roll with it and not hold yourself back by your own self-imposed limitations. Like when you say, I don't think of myself as a filmmaker. And what I underscore and love about what you're talking about is the work pushed you into the new areas and you followed the work, which is this whole thing about me in conversation with the work, because it's so much more the process. And if you engage in the process, the product will take care of itself. And I think you struggle with that. I remember in your studio, you had that geometric issue that was on your table that you were translating. So you get put in the position of, of having to make people's ideas possible or, or, or they push your limits and you give them some of the real parameters. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Of course. I'm talking about the alphabet. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> With Steven Ferlato uh, down in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. um, again, his idea, much like Nancy, you know, making contact with me and has, has a specific thing that it's, piece of idea but then the next step is translating into let's say a book format or for presentation mm -hmm. so yeah it's good. it's fun we had fun yeah it's 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 very alive it exactly right? and, it, and it keeps you keeps keeps me interested yeah because also in the work that i do and the amazing people that I get to work with. Mm -hmm. I mean, I do feel a little privileged <laughs> in a way to do that, you know, but again, but I think the work that I'm doing, I, I, I think my gut chases the experience in what I do. And it's not necessarily chasing the dollar. Mm -hmm. that's, that's not why I got into this. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really, it's enriching. Absolutely. I mean, I could say the same in terms of we're all um, collaborating and peripheral, but we have we need each other and we make something else happen together. Right. 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 Um, and the vantage points that each person brings to it. Yeah. Right. It, I just literally answered an email this morning where someone was um, writing to me that I'd worked with. And I said, it's my privilege. Like it is the privilege. I always say I ride shotgun on people's creative process. 
right? And I mean, That's a good and, way to put it. Sure. yeah, it's like, you know, I'm not the artist, but am I an artist? Yes. And it's not my project, but I am going to be that honest voice that says, like, I don't hear what you're putting down and make you be clearer about it till we get somewhere else. So it is this whole idea of um, being bold, being brave, um, listening. Like, I love how much you listened to your project. And, and then there's a boldness. I'm just on one other image that I'll share again. Like, that was obviously you are really pushing gender issues, which is so much a part of our cultural conversation right now. So it sounds like um, there's something really, uh, I don't know, fortunate about the fact that some of your ideas coalesce with what the larger cultural conversation is, right? So mad women, yeah, you could say this is a summer of like outraged women. <laughs> and then you're talking about the gray and COVID and that was like a big deal. Um, I just have to give you an aside because it's so funny. A million years ago, um, I was working with a magazine that asked me to do something where I put on a gray wig and wrote about the experience. And it was this idea. It was when Oprah did something. And also there was a really good book out about going gray and being authentic. And the woman who wrote the book had put herself into um, online dating across the country as herself which is gray and is not like, you know, so she was like, I'm going to get more hits when I dye my hair. Right. And it wasn't true. It was the opposite. So the, mm. the magazine gave me the premise of, can you be gray and sexy? We called the um, article silver Fox. And I literally got this really expensive, beautiful real hair wig made like my regular hairstyle. And because you can't like, preface any of this because I'm looking for real reactions. I literally went to pick up my kids at school. Like I left like this. Yes, I'm a natural redhead. And I fixed them up <laughs> with gray hair. And and it was absolutely hilarious because I got reactions from other parents, from kids, from all my peers. I had a whole bunch of birthday parties that I ended up going in this gray wig. And everyone's like, wow, your your hair is beautiful. And every single woman confessed their like tyranny to looking the way they were. And it's so interesting to watch the trajectory of those people. And this was like, I don't know, it's had to be 12 years ago. So it's so cool, right? It's like such a personal thing. So I'm just laughing about how now you're talking gender roles and we're talking gender roles. And so that's really good. The, the last question, and I could go on because it's fun to talk about all of this, but you mentioned, um, I'm trying to think of housing ideas because you said you have lots of ideas and you're really good because you let them sit because not every idea is ready to hatch. But how do you collect your ideas? Like, how do you keep that thing going? Because that's not easy. I have boxes. Awesome. Okay. That's, I just keep adding to them. I might be that I've shot a lot for, well, I have two more books that I'm Working forward to working with Scott. Awesome. And um, and it's another one of those things where I'm, I'm not ready yet. I'm still trying to plot the pictures and I need to look back through everything. How am I going to construct this story? So I have these plastic boxes that I can keep adding to. And I know, then I know everything is in there. And when I'm ready, I can take the whole thing out and I have some reference or read a book or I see some other pictures. 
or do some more work towards it? Girl, after my own heart. <laughs> totally. I mean, so have you ever heard of Twyla Fox? I, I got that from her. Yeah, because <laughs> she does. She does foxes. Yeah. And she does this other thing called scratching, which is, and I am a big proponent of this. It's like, go into other areas because every art form rips on another. And it doesn't have to be an art form. It's like, you know, go into a science museum or go on a nature walk if you're like a landscape photographer in urban areas. It's like go outside what you normally are feeding yourself and it just like feeds ideas. But that whole box is for me a really um, helpful because it's not always, uh, you know, a flat file. I do have flat files, but sometimes it is like a rock or I don't know, like it's a thing. And so that's super helpful. Olivia Parker, another photographer who has a rich, rich career and is uh, just incredibly creative and thoughtful about how she's saved everything. It's like going into a museum, like her ability to collect. It's just massive and it's very, very fun. So I think maybe like some of us are like secret collectors, right? Like I know I am like I got into um Fruit labels, which is hysterical, but I just thought they were the best, like graphics. And I started saving them on wax paper. My family thought I was nuts. And then, do you know Rachel Perry? Yeah. So, who did all this work? And when I met her, I'm like, I am so your girl. I've been saving it. And not that I did anything, but it's what you're inspired by. And just don't, don't put a lid on it. I could, I think we're going to call this like talk. Don't put a lid on it. (laughs) You know, and find good collaborators and, you know, that's where I remember in talking to you how how excited you were when you when we fell upon this book and you talked about how much it inspired you mm-hmm. and your art form. And I just think photographers um, thinking about presentation need to be really open to lots and to 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 learn from people like you um, what is possible. Right, <clears throat> open up the conversation. Yeah. Yes, you strive towards cohesion and your own ideas of the different stages of cohesion, going back to the box, putting things in a box. To me, that's a, I mean, that's just different levels of bringing together and formulating an idea to where it begins to live and express itself and to be able to asking for a form. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Housing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But it's so interesting. I have two thoughts. I know I said weekend, but I'm going to just run by them. One is that I realized you've had a Greer as a chef prior to. Yeah, I, I like to call it cooking. Okay, cooking. Right. But you, what I thought about yeah. it was you told me that you went from cooking to bookmaking. Right. And In a matter of 24 hours. Yeah. But it was like. I a, have frustration. Yeah. What am I going to do with my life? <laughs> An existential moment. Yeah. Um, but it's the idea that you um, are working with different ingredients and it's an alchemical process. All of these are. All of, the, all of our is building. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Yep. And then the last question I have for you is that I understand your, um, one of your pieces was acquired by the Newport Art Museum. So if you just wrap by telling us how that happened, because that's super exciting. That's very much what a lot of people are aiming towards. Yes. Well, it's one of those things like planting the seed. I met Grant C. Weiss mm-hmm. uh, back when she was at the PRC. Yep. 
for them to are better than her career brought her in lots of different places and then she now you're a curator at the Newport Art Museum, and she invited me to be in the show after many years. Just that I've always had this in my mind. I'm watching this show, and so domestic affairs was many of my misbehavior. And, and I love um, that title, by the way. Misbehavior. <laughs> and the Museum acquired two pieces, hot mm -hmm. and oh, independent. Oh, awesome. Those are two faves of mine. Super, yeah, not surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a wonderful thing because they, I believe that they're showing right now, you know, when, when they're in the permanent collection, they come and go. Yeah. They fall. It's so much to send me a picture of hot that then happened to fall when they're down there. So yeah, that was fabulous. Well, I think what's really interesting is that we're ending on where we started because what you're talking about is relationship. Mm -hmm. Collaborations are relationship. And everything that you're talking about, Francine and you, I mean, I met Francine when she came for the PRC position too. And so it's this idea of how you nurture those just like you nurture the ideas, right? And that I think it a lot comes down to tending those relationships. Yeah. And um, what you get out of that, because it is synergistic. It's like you get more than the two of you could get individually. Yeah. yeah. Actualizing your urges. <laughs> Getting everyone that helps you to do that. Yeah. yeah. Or even I'm thinking of the, um, um, someone said to me recently, uh, might have been in one of my artist talk. I think actually it might have been, it was, it was Karen Haas. Um, from the MSA, a curator, and she said, I have to pay attention to when the hair on the back of my head stands up, right? It's those, that, that moment that may seem so like wonky and out there leads to so many things. Yeah. Super, super fun. Rolling it through. Yeah. Sticking with it, like over time, I feel like I was ready, found the right person, and just brought up the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. But initially, too, one of the things... It's a fun ride. Yeah, it's always a fun ride, and you never know where it's going to end. Um, but I also think that in addition to collecting your ideas, you're hearing them, right? And that was, that's the part we have to get really good at, that we don't override it with, like, that's impossible, or too big, or I don't know how to make this work. It's like, well, find out. <laughs> exactly. Right. Don't put the lid on it. Don't put a lid on the idea. Just collect them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you so thank much you. for your time. Yeah, it's great to see you. You're welcome. <laughs>